After a deflating series down in Arlington, are the Mariners still a playoff team in our eyes? We'll answer that and more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, June 5th, 2023. This is Tony Gonzalez and Colby Patnow for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. And this episode is, of course, Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. Let's just get right into them. Starting with Marley, who asks, still think this is a playoff team? The Mariners, that is. Colby, you start. You think this is a playoff Uh, team? Sure. I think they can be, um, you know, they interplay today, six games out of a playoff spot. There's 103 to go. Do I think they can make up those six games in the next hundred? (sighs) Yeah. Um, if I thought that three days ago, why wouldn't I think that now? Because they had a rough weekend. Like, so I got curb stomped by the, by the Rangers to be fair. they, They did, but also I don't care. Because there's no three-game stretch short of a three-game stretch that literally eliminates you. That is going to have me feeling any worse about the team's ability to make the playoffs uh, than I did three days ago. Especially not on June 5th. So, no. Uh, I'm not worried. Yes, I still think they can make the playoffs. Uh, but they they are at the point now where it's, it's kind of now or never. They have about a month uh, before the All-Star break, 30 games. I think they got to win 17, 18 of these games. So I think just kind of hovering around 500, it's going to be real tough, especially with how good the rest of the American League is right now. Um, teams might fall back to you a little bit. But ultimately, I think you're going to have to have a, another good stretch, and, and I'm confident they can do it because they literally just did it. They were 17 and 11 in the month of May. Can they do that again in June? Sure. I mean – you know, they're already 0 and 3 or 1 and 1 and 3, 1 and 4, whatever they are. <clears throat> so, yeah, they're, they're going to have to, you know, obviously do a lot better uh, in, over the next few weeks. But, yeah, they literally just went on a stretch that we that I'm describing that you need by the All Star break. They have to do it again. Can they do it? Yeah. Will they do it? I guess we'll find out. But the next month is critical because it's going to kind of determine what type of buyers you're going to be at the deadline. I think the Mariners are going to buy regardless but i think if you they're still hovering around 500 and they're like six seven games out of the wild card during the all-star break you could probably kiss rentals goodbye um which you know jerry's always going to prefer the player with club control but still i I think at that point it doesn't make a lot of sense to trade for a guy who's going to be here for three months and leave so i think that's why the next the next month is critical but can they still make the playoffs yeah absolutely yeah they're they're on three i just uh double checked um they can't post a sub 500 month of June. Cause like no. you said, that's going to completely alter how they approach the rest of this year, the, the next month, the you know trade deadline, all that. Um, now 
the schedule is lining up a little bit going up against the Padres team, which has been equally, if not more disappointing as the Mariners have been this year so far. Uh, the Angels after that, who've fallen back to the pack. Surprise. Uh, then the Marlins, the White Sox. There's some wins there. Um, go on the road to face the Yankees and the Orioles. That's going to be really tough. But then you got the Nationals. So, And then you wrap things up with a game against the Rays uh, to, to end the month. Um, again, there's there's some wins to be had there. there there's a very clear path to, uh, to having another, you know, six games above 500 type of month like he did this mm-hmm. past month so uh yeah i i think this is still a, a playoff team especially because again and i know you know it's not early anymore right so i we can't just do that whole cop out but um a lot of these guys are just performing at their like 10th percentile right now yeah right teo has been a perennial 120 130 wrc plus guy for like the last four years and now he's just this you're telling me that he's just this i mean maybe he is but that is quite the fall off you're telling me that aj pollock after posting a 161 wrc plus against lefties last year is has fallen off this much to the point where he's got a 12 wrc plus against lefties again we're at the point in the season where you know some of these things are just that's that's the way things are for the whole year right that's just how it's going to be you know maybe colton long is just wash now <clears throat> um but i feel like some of these things are going to regress back to the mean or at least a little bit closer back to the mean where you should be able to win some ball games that you know these last couple of months you weren't capable of winning now on top of that the Pitching staff, which you know was the best in baseball for like the first two months, has kind of regressed as well. They've there's obviously been a couple of blow up starts here. They've just overall haven't been as good as they've been in, in you know the last couple of months. Hopefully that gets squared away a little bit here because I mean, look, the offense has been bad, but you can't win any games if you're giving up ten runs, sixteen runs, twelve runs, etc. Yeah. So pitching also has to level out here, but. There, there's still reason to be hopeful here that you know Julio can turn it around. I mean, he, we've started to see signs of that. Obviously, you know, Ty France can start turning it around here. Teo can start turning it around. Gino can start turning it around. And if they can even just be like 15 percent better than they are right now, to be able to win some ball games. So, I know it's not great. I know it's not a great selling point, but I, I, I still think that there is a really good team at at the core of this roster. Um. I just, I don't know if we'll ever see that come to fruition, but I hope so. Okay, Mark wants to know, uh, after 59 games last year, they were 27 and 32, and in 2021, they were 29 and 30, same record as uh, this year, uh, and everyone was freaking out, and they were bad for at least two more weeks before they righted the ship. Why can't this team do the same exact thing? I feel like 91 to 93 wins is still reachable. First, Mark, I just want to thank you for being a breath of fresh air. And for not being super down in the dumps and actually looking at this in a, in a positive light. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, and I, I don't blame you guys uh, entirely here, but there's there's a lot of uh, negativity following the weekend. There was a lot of negativity in the replies to our tweet looking for questions for the show. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't know if they have a 14-game win streak in them. It would be awesome if they went on a 14-game win streak. 
both for them and they don't need it and for our numbers as well but they don't they don't need it i mean going 18 you know winning 18 of 22 accomplishes the exact same thing um you know they look they uh what was that uh one streak that they just went on recently what was their actual record over there seven of ten so they went seven and three um before the yankees came to town and in the month of may they finished 17 and 11 so there you go i mean if they can just do that right again mm-hmm. look i know a lot of this anxiety probably comes from people who think like all the al east teams are going to win anywhere from 90 to 105 wins some of these teams are going to fall back to the pack it's just going to happen we've already seen that a little bit with the blue jays we've seen that with the red Sox. Uh, hell even in the al west we've we've seen that with the angels so some of these teams are going to you know regress back to the mean and i don't like i i still think that it's going to take 89 to 92 wins to you know get that final wild card um the mariners are more than capable of doing that uh they just need to have a couple good more you know a couple more good months and um you know they should be right back on track so um yeah i think 91 to 93 wins is still feasible they just have to they have to play better yeah you know it's it seems insurmountable but if they go 17 and 11, I don't know how many games they have each month, but if they win at that pace for the next two months going up into the, the uh, trade deadline, they're going to be 10, 12 games over 500 and on a roll at that point. It's totally possible. We just saw this team do it. They did it the last year. They did it the year before. Um, yeah. And, and this team honestly is more talented than either of the last two teams that went on a similar run. So yeah, it's going to come down to can Teoscar, can Gino, can they get anywhere close to back to where they were, uh, you know, before this year? Um, can Julio continue to kind of, you know, slowly build his way back up to what he was last year? Um, can Jared Kelnick cut the strikeouts and be, you know, closer to April Kelnick than than May Kelnick? Um, by the way, make it so that he doesn't have to be any better than May, please. But it's a different topic. Um, <clears throat> you know, can these guys do that? Because you're getting enough from JP. Ty France is another guy who also needs to step up a little bit. Had a nice series in in Texas, but man, that, that's a whole lot of hits that really didn't mean much for for Ty France. Um, not a lot of big hits in in you know key situations, <clears throat> strikeout bases loaded. But uh, yeah, France is a guy who needs to step up too. But you're getting enough from JP. You're getting enough from Kelnick overall. You're getting enough from uh, Cal Raleigh. You're getting enough from most of your role players. Caballero's doing his job, um, although he is sliding a little bit too, which again, not surprising. So yeah, the, the guys who you thought, like the four guys who you thought were going to be your best bats this year, they just have to hit, they have to play better. It's really that simple. And if they do that over the next month, then the Mariners are going to be in really good shape. Uh, this one comes from Jay Mars. He wants to know realistically, what are the Mariners chances of making the postseason? 50, 50. Good one. Um, they're either going to make it or they're not. Those are the chances. They're 50, 50. Good one. Uh, Fangraphs puts them at like 15.4% right now as of today. Yeah, I'd say that that sounds about right. 15, 20%, maybe 25 if you want to be super positive about it. Um, look, they they have a they have an uphill climb. Like there's no way around that. They've dug themselves into a pretty steep hole here. Um, and you know, it it's look, again, a lot of games left, 103 games just to make up like a Ty, six let game me tell you a story. difference. But, Yes, about yes. the 1995 Seattle Mariners. Oh, get out of here. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, 
they they got a ways to go here, but there's still a really good shot. And again, if, if they just if a couple of these guys get hot, offensively speaking, and pitching staff gets back on track here, I'm not asking for that. Really, isn't asking for much. Like really, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not asking them to to all of a sudden hit. You know, everyone hits their hundredth percentile here. I'm just saying, be fifteen percent better than you are right now, mm-hmm. and you should be in a in a really good spot to at least contend for the wild card. So. Yeah. All right, we got a few more questions coming up here in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For your championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. That's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, just head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. ebaymotors.com, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items, only exclusions apply. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for bringing us your first listen. Mariners, of course, off today before they get set for a two-game series with the Padres starting tomorrow. You can catch all the action on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. It is Mailbag Monday, and we're going to get back into these questions here from Mariners fans. Cody here wants to know, DePoto has always preached controlling the zone, but as of now, they rank fourth in most strikeouts and have four hitters in the top 10. Is there anything they can do to fix this issue ASAP, or are they going to need to really revamp the roster this winter? Uh, for the first part of the question, I'm not really equipped to answer that. I don't, I don't know if you are, Cole, because we're not there, right? We don't know what is really contributing to these issues. If this is actually, you know, a game plan that was set by this organization preseason in terms of, you know, this is what we want our hitters to focus on. And this is how we want our hitters to approach these at bats. Or if these, or if the hitters are just not necessarily going rogue, but just doing their own thing, because if that's the case, then this falls on them and they need to perform better and they need to change their game plan at the plate. I would assume that it's a bit of both. But again, as far as solutions go, I have no clue because I don't know what exactly is going on there in the first place, what the actual approaches are that's leading to this. All I can say is, you know, stop swinging at pitches, you know, (laughs) six inches off of the plate, eight inches off of the plate, 10 inches off of the plate. Like, stop doing that. You know, take more pitches, try to work walks, especially you, Teoscar Hernandez. I'm looking at you. You know, I pounded the table for you all off season. Uh, as for the second part of this, I mean, you and I have spoken privately about how we're going to approach our off season plan this winter. Uh, when we get to that point, that you know, we're going to be focusing on guys that that make contact, that better, you know, that are better suited uh, offensively for T-Mobile Park, that are not just you know boomer bust. That we're not necessarily going to just look for you know, who's the star player that we really think raises the the ceiling of this team. Need to raise the floor again. We need to get back to the basics, right? That's what we named our plan a couple of years ago when we did the offseason plan was raise the floor. I think that's kind of what we need to do again is the, the Mariners just need some probability. Uh, they really do offensively. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. The, the fact that so many players have hit kind of rock bottom in their career in terms of their career numbers 
and yet the team is still 500. So the floor is actually not too bad um, because I, I still think that at worst this team's going to win, you know, 85 games, give or take. So, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I mean, right now there's just, look, the, the, here's the deal with raw strikeouts, right? They don't matter by themselves. You could strike out a ton and still create a ton of runs. Look at Adam Dunn, right? I mean, he did it for years. Borderline Hall of Famer, Adam Dunn. Um, it's not It's not that a. Eugenio Suarez is striking out a ton. It's that he's striking out a ton and he's not hitting for any power. Yeah. It's not that Teoscar Hernandez is striking out a ton. It's that Teoscar Hernandez is striking out a ton and he's not getting on base. He's not walking. Yep. If you run 30% strikeout rates, like if, if Kelnick has the exact same slash line at the end of the year that he does today, nobody's going to care about his, his strikeout, right? We're going to look at that and say like, hey, that might be an area he can improve and that's how he can take the next step. So yeah, it's not just about strikeouts. It's the strikeouts plus what the strikeouts mean. Because if you're going to strike out a lot, you better hit for power or you better get on base a lot. And right now, Gino is not doing either. Right now, Teo, power's okay, but it's still below his it's still below his norm. Um, and he's not walking at all. Uh, Kelnick is, has really seen his power drop since April. Uh, and he's striking out a lot more. So yeah, you have to, you have to, you can strike out and you can have a team that has a, f- a few guys who strike out quite a bit, but they have to hit for power or they have to have well above average uh, on base percentages. And right now, None of those are the case for any of these Mariners who are struggling with strikeouts, except for Kalnick, but that's because he got off to such a hot start in April and he's slowly kind of falling back down. So yeah, it's it's not just the strikeouts that are concerning. It's it's you know a Eugenio Suarez striking out as much as he is, and he is and when he is getting on base, it's Ichiro like where it's just a slap single the other way. There's no power there. Mm-hmm. Ichiro wasn't striking out 200 times a year, so. That's the problem. If you're going to be a slap hitter like Gino is right now, you can't strike out as much as he is. If you're going to hit 35 home runs, 30, 35 home runs, you wouldn't care. If Gino had, you know, 12 home runs right now, you wouldn't care about his strikeouts, but he doesn't. So you do. This one comes from Jace. Um, Is Bryce Miller tipping his pitches? I saw someone claim this and showed his arm angle, but it didn't look like a significant difference to me. What are your thoughts? Colby, you noticed anything yesterday? Um. Not, not, uh, no, I'm, I'm not really equipped to, you know, watch the, the pitcher in, in full, at full speed and, and be able to pick up the minute differences. Um, if somebody did, you know, did go back and do that and they looked at every pitch at, you know, half speed and they, they charted every pitch and they looked at, you know, uh, arm angles or, or delivery, like time to the plate or, or stuff like that, then good for them. Um, and it's probably something that the Mariners should be considering because he has gotten roughed up the last two times out and he hasn't even been competitive, which is such a huge difference from where he was in his first four or five starts. So yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Um, and you know, it's to answer Jason's question, like you may not notice anything, but I guarantee you that if he is, then the front office is a major league baseball, the advanced scouts, the analytics people, the guys who work in the video room, they look at every single pitch their opponent will throw multiple times. They'll watch it at, you know, 10% speed. They'll chart the arm path. They'll chart the pitch. They'll chart the location. And if it's even a little bit different. They will know about it. You can just write that down. They're, they're way smarter than us. They spend way more time looking at, looking at this stuff. So if they are in fact 
Um, you know, if Bryce is in fact like lowering his arm slot a little bit to get to the slider or whatever, they are going to notice it. It will be noticed. And until he fixes that, it's going to get, it's going to get exploited. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's possible that he's tipping his pitches and, and that's something that the Mariners need to look at too. The, the thing that I've really noticed with him and yeah, maybe, maybe the issue just boils down to him tipping his pitches, but I don't think that it's as simple as that because the last couple of starts, he's his fastball command hasn't been great. Uh, especially yesterday, you know, quite a few glove side misses catching a lot of plate with the pitch as well. Like Bryce Miller needs really good to great fastball command in order to, you know, especially when his secondaries are lacking. If he's going to rely heavily on the fastball where he's throwing it 50, 60, 70 times an outing, he needs great fastball command. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much more or less had that through his first few starts. But the last couple of starts, he just, it hasn't been there. And we've seen the result of that. So, yeah, maybe it's a tipping pitch, uh, pitches issue. But uh, I also think that it's a command issue as well here. All right, we got a few more questions coming up in just a moment. But first, a reminder of this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is once again brought to you by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. It seems kind of relevant for today following that weekend series. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you don't feel that your match is suitable for you, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. Again, you can catch the Mariners of the Padres starting tomorrow on the Mariners Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Let's get back into these questions. Hunter, uh, we all obviously know that we need a bat, and it's getting to the point of of really needing to make some sort of move. What do you guys realistically think is done within the next couple of weeks? Because Demo, uh, besides Demo and Munoz, which will hopefully help a little. Thanks, guys. All right, so I'm glad you asked this uh, because there's someone that I, I particularly want to talk about. He was DFA'd this morning by the Boston Red Sox. That's Rymel Tapia. Now, that isn't very sexy if you're familiar with Rymel Tapia. I'm pretty sure that he hasn't posted a WRC Plus over 100 ever in his, what, seven, eight-year career now at this point. Uh, former Rockies and Blue Jays outfielder, of course, he spent the first couple of months of the season uh, with the Red Sox. Um, and it seems that he was DFA'd mostly because of his defense, which if you're playing defense in, in the or if you're playing in the outfield in Boston, that shouldn't be as much of an issue, at least if you're playing in left field with the Green Monster out there. So that's quite the accomplishment for Tapia if he's been bad out in left field. But He's been really good offensively speaking, and and the Mariners right now they just need a bat. It doesn't really matter because I mean they can give the they can give Tapia or whoever as many at bats as they want in the DH spot, uh, and they can look. 
even if he's been bad, they can live with him playing out in the outfield once a week or twice a week, whatever. They for if, if you want to sacrifice that, you know, the defense for the added offense, I think you can live with that, especially at this point where runs are so so few and far between for uh, for them right now. Uh, Tapia this year, I got to pull the uh, the numbers back up here, but Tapia has been really good against right-handed. Uh, pitching and again what do the Mariners need right now they need a lefty who can hit right-handed pitching he's slashing 309 373 441 that's a 157 WRC plus against righties he's also walking 9.3 percent of the time and striking out at just a 19.6 percent clip uh so far this year now that's less than 100 plate appearances but beggars can't be choosers on June 5th and for what you need right now Tapia is pretty much the as perfect of a fit as you can find, as you can hope to find on June 5th. So for me, they absolutely need to to go out and try to add this guy. Um, just take a shot on him. If it doesn't work, whatever. You're you're gonna have to trade for him because he's likely not making it uh to waivers, uh to you through waivers. So you're gonna have to make a trade with the Red Sox. It's not gonna cost you really anything really like anything that's going to to bother you that much um you just need to take the shot here in, in my humble opinion so yeah um you know again it doesn't strike out it's drawing walks this year pretty safe bet to you know uh hit 260 270 just not a lot of power there but that's fine you have you have power um you need you need a little bit of uh of what tapia can can bring to you it's it's honestly a very similar profile as to when they acquired Denard Span, and you remember how well the the Span deal worked. It really kept the Mariners afloat uh, while they waited for Cano to get back from his suspension. Um, so yeah, I think I think you know Tapia carries some of that Denard Span. Uh, not a ton of power, but he's going to hit for some average. Uh, he's been around the block. Defense is not so awful that you can't trust him out there a couple times a week. Um, and yeah, I, I, and there's still upside because, like you said, he's crushed right-handed uh, pitching this year. Um, so, yeah, again, he's, not, he's better than than Haggerty. He's better than uh, right now. He's better than Wong. He's better than Pollock. Uh, he's better than Mike Ford, and and he's going to cost you very little in trade. So, yeah, I think he's kind of a, an obvious guy to go get right now, and and just kind of help help you get to the deadline. Um, help you get to the deadline to be in a position where <clears throat> sorry where maybe adding more rentals makes sense right yeah so uh, you know it, look you're not going to be able to add anyone of this kind of caliber right now probably like it, you know uh like maybe there's a carlos santana out there but it doesn't seem like it because i i think if there was the mayors would have probably already acquired him um so Tapia's probably your best shot to get that guy that can be a little bit of a spark plug for you and just give you something that you sorely lack right now offensively. It is mm-hmm. someone who puts the ball in play and gets on base from the left side of the plate. All right, uh, last question of the day here comes from Ian. With how the season is going, would a deadline similar to 2021 be a reasonable expectation and who on an expiring contract might they be hesitant to move? So, again, 2021 deadline was uh, Abraham Toro and uh, Joe Smith for mm-hmm. Rafael Montero and, and Kendall Graben, and then, of course, JT Schwargawa and uh, Austin Shutton for 
uh, Diego Castillo. So, um, no, is I, I think they're going to go a bit bigger than that. I think they're if they're in a position where they're both selling and buying, like Trevor Gott is probably getting traded. Maybe Paul Seawald, if you get your socks blown off uh, with an offer there, uh, Teo probably because again i i think you can write that down in, in permanent marker he's not going to be a part of this ball club next year so um if you can get something for him that is worth it to you know forego having him on your roster for the final couple of months of the season while you try and see if you can make the playoffs then you do that maybe tom murphy i don't i don't know but uh yeah, I, I, I think you're going to, I think really they're going to try to go get a, a controllable bat and then maybe a couple of relievers, you know, take some shots on some guys, especially if they trade Gott or Seawald <clears throat> or whatever. Yeah. Um, the only guy on, a, on an expiring contract that I think they might be a little hesitant to move is Tom Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. If somebody wants Murphy to be their primary everyday catcher and they're willing to pay for it, fine. But, you might want to keep Murphy around for the rest of this year, not run Cal Raleigh into the ground, um, especially if you don't think you're going to, you know, make the playoffs. There's no reason to, you know, have Cal out there six, seven times a week uh, at that point. So I think, you know, Murph is probably the only guy who's on an expiring contract that maybe they, they hold on to. Um, and yeah, I think regardless of, regardless of how far out of it they are, I think they're going to be pretty aggressive on the bats. Uh, in particular, the bats that have multiple years of club control. That's going to do it for us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen today. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Uh, we'll be off tomorrow. So catch us again on Wednesday after the Mariners of the Padres game, which again, you can catch uh, that game and tomorrow's game on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app. Until we see you next time, have yourself a beautiful baseball day. Peace.